and welcome to Opnerd. This is another instance of the Variety Show. This week, I'll be talking a little bit about Baldur's Gate 3, but probably a little differently than most people have so far. I am not alone. I am joined by Abby again this week. Hello. Hello. How's it going? I'm Abby. I'm Abby. That's all, that's all I got right now. That's okay. That's all I got I, right now. I'm looking at a I'm looking at a a big brain on the on the screen. What are we What are we talking about today? Why are you looking at a big brain on the screen? Well, I'm legitimately uh, so interested. In up, so I was looking up some interesting video in case we ever do decide to do YouTube of, of this stuff. I was looking up some fun gameplay stuff, and there's just a guy in a in a ship, and there's got tentacles on his face, and now there's just a guy with a brain out, and his brain no spoilers. is spoilers. It's literally the first thirty seconds. Yeah, I was gonna say, but, didn't you see that part anyway? Well, All yes, right. and it's and it's nice because that that was the part that I watched you play, and yes. now we can segue into today's topic, or some housekeeping, or some housekeeping. Want to bring up that this Monday is. The next episode of Find New Pick will be released. That is on Aliens. So if you want to watch along with us, as was pointed out, so we do have listeners, we do have people giving feedback. And yeah, it's a good idea to let people know beforehand so they can watch. And then the top three, bottom three after that is actually going to be X-Files. So a week from Monday. It was mine. That will That's be interesting. That's the one show. That's the one show I know. And now you're like, mm, I think I'm going to pick X-Files. Yeah, but part of it is at some point to start picking shows that we haven't seen and don't know. And that was the idea, part of the idea between top three, bottom three. Also, there are shows you have watched that I have not. Yeah, like the X-Files. No, like I've that seen one the show. X-Files. Like that's my one show. Bro. I've seen the X-Files. I, I, I prove it. That's All my right. one show. <laughs> so yeah, Aliens is coming up. Um, Alien... Uh, it, aliens no s well maybe aliens is coming up too who knows i gotta i gotta find you pick right back mm-hmm. i don't think that's i don't think that's gonna be appropriate though uh maybe it'll be i don't know die another day no who knows again yeah. no, no you would keep I, making this joke but it's not going to happen well but, so. but 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 look how much comedy mileage we've gotten out of it already yeah zero so, so. let's stretch this thing as thin as possible Yes, something's getting thinned, mostly by patients. So, Older Series 3 was released into early access. I find this part interesting because Larian Studios are the ones that made Baldur's Gate 3. Their previous notable releases are all the Divinity series. They started out in 1996 up until Divinity Original Sin, which was released in 2014. They're probably best known for a series of educational games and the Divinity series previous to Original Sin. I had heard about them. I didn't really know the games all that well. Original Sin was released in June 2014 after a number of delays, but it was funded at least partially by a Kickstarter campaign. That Kickstarter brought in 9,040, sorry, 900,000. Well, if they only brought in 9,000, they're in a lot of trouble. It brought in $944,282, which was more than double its initial goal of 400,000. I'm bringing all of this up and I find it really interesting because Kickstarter and crowdfunding have been around for a while 
And most notably, there have been like, the Double Fine games kickstarted, or Star Citizen has been bought 46 times over at this point. Ah, boy. How's my pledge doing for that? Let's go take a look at it. Let's not. So, Divinity Original Sin. I just find it interesting. They more than doubled their Kickstarter goal. And I find it interesting because the company still almost ended up going bankrupt because of this. There were a number of delays. Larian would end up delaying tax payments. They would pull resources from other games. They would pull resources out of the budget for other games just to get Original Sin out the door. And they've said that if it hadn't become a hit, the company would have gone down, as in they were bankrupt. I just find it fascinating because the crowdfunding, and we've seen it a number of times, in particular with a lot of board games, something gets crowdfunded, it is not a guarantee that you're going to get anything out of it or from it. It's very reliant on whoever it is setting the goals at a realistic level. So Divinity Original Sin was kind of their, their last kick at the can. They had made Divine Divinity, which yes. you can get on good old games, GOG, GOG, if you will. That million dollars, call it USD, that they brought in from Kickstarter and crowdsource funding back when crowdfunding was still in its infancy. That was only 25% essentially of the budget that they would spend. The, the whole game cost 4.3 US dollars around, about 4 million euros. So that's really cutting it close. Yeah, like, it's a bit short. Well, it's, it's just like, I guess they were looking for outside funding just to finish it off. But, you know, I don't know if people would have necessarily donated as much if they knew that it was going to cost 4 million euro to make and not... Yeah. 400,000. I just think it's interesting because obviously there's been quite a few discussions about it, but it's a discussion that's going to keep coming up in terms of smaller studios or groups needing crowdfunding. And I remember the first time I recall at least seeing crowdfunding involved with something was for FTL way back when from Subset Games. And they were near the finish line. And they were just looking for $10,000 to get somebody to work on the music and give them a chance to finish the game off. It was nearly complete at that point. Well, that's good. Yeah. That was my first exposure to crowdfunding. And since then, my exposure to it's been everything from, hey, we have a slight bit of a trailer to that same level of we just need something to get over the finish line. It's just interesting to me and getting and it made its it made its money back. So it released it had to be yeah. delayed twice by a couple of months. Yes. Orig originally ended up being, I think, released in March June. of June. June, June twenty fourteen. Yeah. And it became and... it was their fastest selling game. It was their highest selling game at the time. It would get a re release a little over a year later and it had edition with everything. According to my inside sources, which is definitely not Wikipedia, yeah, by September of 2014, so call it three months, the, the game had sold 500,000 copies. Oh, yes. So they did okay. Yeah. They did all right. So their next game was Divinity Original Sin, which Two. both Divinity Original Sin and Divinity Original Sin 2, yes, the sequel, are available on consoles as well, too. I'm hoping more people 
give those a look because they're very good games. I mean, the interesting part is that Divinity Original Sin 2 was also crowdfunded and it raised $2 million. Yes, it was near immediately funded whenever it uh, initially went up. And then after that, it reached all of its stretch goals. Larry's was still fairly small at this point. It would release into early access in 2016. The final version would come out just under a year later in September 2017. And then after that, we get into Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate 3 didn't go to crowdfunding, but did go into early access, which honestly is not a whole lot different from crowdfunding. I have a question. Now you say Baldur's Gate 3, and we were just talking about the games that Larian, who made Baldur's Gate 3, made. And Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 were not on that list. Nope. Somebody else made them. I think it's worth talking about because Baldur's Gate 2 was, prior to Baldur's Gate 3, probably regarded as the greatest role-playing game of all time, surpassed basically only by Baldur's Gate 3 now. So, I don't know. I think think that's interesting to talk about, too. Um, Baldur's Gate 2 is definitely not the best pg of all time i'm not sure people were making that argument people are going to fight you all right people are going to fight you let them don't ask me ask games by gamespot and ign who awarded it their role-playing game of the year in the year 2000 gamespy is now defunct you have to remember it was a different time gamespot is essentially defunct it was a different post keen and lynch next ign Baldur's Gate. If you don't receive an award from IGN for being the greatest game of all time, it's basically a zero out of ten. Baldur's Gate, developed by BioWare, published in 1998 by Interplay Entertainment. So you got two big boys there. You got BioWare, which we all know now for beloved Mass Effect, Dragon Age, things like that. And then Interplay, who at the time were the guys making Fallout. Not by that time. No, by that time. So Fallout 1 was 95, Fallout yeah. 2 was 96. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it, though. Well, then there's Arcanum, and then there's Planescape yes. Tarp. So Arcanum point wasn't is, them, though. That was Troika. Point is, Baldur's Gate 1, heavy hitter. Yes. Baldur's Gate 2, in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Icewind Dale series was better, by the way. Comes in, also developed by Bioware, published by Interplay, comes in kicks the door in on an already heavy-hidden Baldur's Gate 1 and is widely regarded by most intellectuals and learned people to be one of uh-huh. the greatest RPGs of all time. I haven't really played it. But uh-huh. everybody knows that. Baldur's Gate 2. Yeah, never mind that Planescape Torment was... Yeah, that's up there too. That's better or same guys. KOTOR but, would come out a little later. Yeah, fine, same guys. So Baldur's Gate 2, widely regarded... And then some stuff starts to happen, and it's been 23 years, and then Baldur's Gate 3. That stuff in a lot of ways was D&D, in terms of, I feel like D&D just fell off the map in general, in terms of both as a game system and in terms of its popularity. And it feels like the pandemic kind of brought it back in a lot of ways. There were certain other things too, stuff like the guild and the rise of... The rise D&D of podcasts and things yeah. like that over the internet. So Baldur's Gate, it should be noted, the titular Baldur's Gate, 1, 2, and 3, use characters and settings that are licensed properties of Dungeons & Dragons as an intellectual property. 
that is owned by Wizards of the Coast that is owned by Hasbro? Yes. Question mark? Yes. These things, I, I simply don't have the brain Just for such make, things. You make up accolades for video games. If I was going to make up an accolade, would I have chosen GameSpy? When was the last time you heard anybody talk about GameSpy? Me, when I mentioned they were defunct. Also me, when I was trying to get Halo 1 matches online with the original Xbox. But so you using will GameSpy see. as a go-around. You will I had good see. times. Baldur's Gate 3 was released in 2020 out into early access. It fell into my radar sometime in 2022, I'd say. People were raving about this online. And then as the full release got closer, which was August 3rd, 2023, the hype surrounding it got a fevered pitch. And ever since then, it is highly regarded, even by GameSpy. GameSpy actually gave its RPG of the millennium. I'm going to need to check your sources on that. And please. I believe GameSpy said even in the year 2099, Nothing's going to defeat this. Futuristic world of 2099. I used the GeoCities portal to go to GameSpy's website to see that, by the way. Oh, dude, join my web ring. Through MySpace on Netscape Navigator. Oh, is it cool if I link to you, bro? Certainly the greatest RPG that came out this year. Possibly the greatest RPG that has come out since Baldur's Gate 2, 23 years ago. I like D&D conceptually, where we just use our imaginations and 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 improv skills to uh, create a world of mystery and whimsy. To be fair, it's a very different system Mm -hmm. in terms of D&D that Baldur's Gate 3 uses, i.e. if you're somebody reading the 5e manuals or the ones that are considered up to date, quote unquote. The fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Yes. You're going to find a lot of things that are not the same. There's going to be some confusion there. When did we get it? I I've, can't remember. I bought it for you Even over Christmas. Even for me, I know. Yeah, right around yeah. Christmas time. It took me a while to get into it and try it. And why is that? Well, for one, it is dense. And I was yeah, we're, thinking we're about talking, this. We're talking like people on forums are like, oh man, I haven't seen this. I didn't see this part until I was 50 hours in or 100 hours in or 200 hours in. Like, okay, this is a game that's going, we need to block out a little bit of time or yeah. like pace it. So I actually wanted to buy and play this, but knowing myself, I had to buy it for you and say, I need you to play this uh-huh. because I actually have to study. And so while you play this, I know I'm only going to be half listening with my dolphin brain, but I'll then get the experience of playing it. But also I'll be doing important adult things and i i cannot get sucked into a 200 hour rpg right now yeah and that's what i was getting at is this is a game you can easily spend three hours just at the character select screen before by the way you find out later on that you can just change your character classes for 100 gold in game but yes but the appearance yeah the appearance the races you can use things like that you can't necessarily way i sound so you can't take that back you can't uh, redo that but the point is that it's a much more dense game and i think it's a much more dense game than i'm used to going back through some of the rpgs of yore and this is what i was getting at is that i'm thinking about the game through a slightly different lens i think than a lot of people and that is just 
it's difficult to commit that much time to it. Now, I remember playing RPGs like Skies of Arcadia and having 25 hours straight where I could play something like that. But also, they weren't nearly as dense in terms of Skies of Arcadia had a rock, paper, scissors formula, essentially, of battle. And a lot of them are like that. When you get something towards the Dungeons and Dragons scale, you're going back to say, for me, you're going back to say Fallout 1 and 2. But again, I was in my teens at this point. I had a ton more disposable time and didn't feel as bad about not getting actual work. Or well, yeah, things. but you, even as a teenager, even as kids, you go to school eight hours a day. So that's your job, right? Is you come and then you come home from your job and then you have homework, which is your second job. Yeah, you just skip through with it. Which is your part-time job. And then like, yeah, of course, any free time after you've worked 60 hours a week, you're going to spend doing whatever you want. And then as you get older into the late teens and stuff like that, you got to be real careful. And then you got to just make sure that you don't waste your 20s playing uh, World of Warcraft. Not, not that I would know anything about that. Or have 25-hour Skies of Arcadia binges. Although yeah, that's one of the differences between us. I don't feel bad about that time. Listen, in my 20s, me, and roughly until sometime mid-30s, me, was barely functional. It's a miracle that me could even get out of bed, do anything, frankly. So I don't yeah, really so look back at it. Just for for me, it was different. It's I am very much I very much have an addictive personality in the sense that anything that gives me that serotonin dopamine, I want it. 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 To this day, I have to be careful about: Am I spending time? video gaming because like all the other stuff that I've done is done. Usually that's a no. I'm not video gaming to relax. I'm video gaming to avoid other things. But because it's an undertaking, because it feels like work sometimes, I can trick my brain. And that's the catch, right? Is that I can trick my brain into saying like, oh, I made great progress in Baldur's Gate today or whatever. It's like, oh, I'll study tomorrow. But for me, I cannot do that. So what I do now, very cleverly, very, very clever and very clever, is I'll either just watch you play a game or I'll just watch a long play on, on YouTube. And I think it goes back to that difference of we are looking, it's been 23 years since Baldur's Gate 2, widely regarded as the greatest game of all time. We are 23 years older. I would have been 14. I'm 37 now. So yeah, my time felt different and there was more of it ahead of us. Whereas now, like, I, I just want to be in bed by like 10 p.m. and asleep. I just want a good solid eight hours of sleep. I want to get through the day without any caffeine or ibuprofen. So in a lot of ways, the, the game, the games industry certainly has changed. Gamers have changed. It has. And one of the things with, Baldur's Gate 3 and one of its great successes, you mentioned gamers and gaming has changed. It has all this content and they didn't charge extra for it. It mm -hmm. is the base price of a video game for your $79.99, yeah. $69.99. Yeah, the game whatever. did cost like $80. Yeah, whichever country you're in. 
whichever denomination. Get a lot of bang for your buck on that one. Yeah. And they've said that they won't release more content for it or they won't release expansions or packs or things like that or battle pass stuff like what we talked about with suicide squad hey they should go check out that podcast live service or anything like that and it's interesting that that was one of the selling points or one of the things that really helped it take off because as you mentioned it's been 23 years since a Baldur's gate game i would be curious to know what percentage of people have played Baldur's Gate 3 who had played Baldur's Gate 1 or 2. Well, that's the thing, right? Some of us are going to be in our 60s. Some of us are going to be in our 50s. Some of us are in our 40s. Some of us are in our 30s. I guess that just describes most Everyone. people in general. Yeah, but, you just, just broke down every... But it's, yeah. yeah, no, that's. I guess that's why I'm surprised it went higher, further, faster, and as, and as high and as far and as further as it did. Because it, it just... I only knew about this game through you and then suddenly it exploded. It was everywhere. To be fair. I am cool. Yes, I agree. To be fair, there was there was a bit of a plague going on. COVID's still very much a thing, but it's been three years, right? We're starting to recover. We're starting to get to that point where we're still at a point psychologically where we are looking for comfort. We're not making sourdough bread or singing sea shanties anymore but we are still very much looking for something to look forward to and i think this came at exactly exactly the right time and Uh, it's it's exactly the right thing that was needed for this time period yeah we've talked about that before amongst each other in terms of something like animal crossing which took off on the switch like crazy because it released right around the yeah because we were all home yeah It was the perfect time for something like that and something like that. You lost your job, you lost your whatever. With your severance, you go buy a Switch and and an $80 video game and things like that. So at least you get get a lot of, you get a lot of content at least here. You get get a lot of bang for your buck here. And that's one of the things that helped it. There are a number of different things. It would come out a month before Starfield, which I think helped it quite a bit. Even knowing what we do in terms of what Starfield is or isn't and how you feel about it. I think avoiding that release window helped it quite a bit. Funnily enough, we're also, it should be noted that we are only like three hours into Baldur's Gate. So we're going to do another podcast once we're a a little little further into it. (laughs) The system made Skyrim, right? Widely regarded to be one of the greatest RPGs of all time. By Gabe's fight, yes. By, By everybody in 2011. They make Starfield... 12 years later and it is just a it's just a dud it sells well but like when's the last time you heard anybody talk about starfield it to be fair went. a lot of people liked it it came and went there were a lot of heavy yeah. hitters this year no it did come and go and we've talked about there that was a, a little final bit. fantasy well i was about to say even in terms of rpgs we had a final fantasy game released this year that really just came disappeared. And went. it just came and went and like it was a mainline final fantasy yeah. that was final fantasy 16 I'd argue part of the thing that hurt it was console exclusivity. Square Enix has even spoken about this, that they think the console exclusivity really hindered its ability to hang around. Yeah, also it it was just a, it was a perfectly fine game. It was, it was a perfectly cromulent perfectly game, cromulent as I understand. Final Fantasy. It was a perfectly cromulent game. It was perfectly, perfectly fine. But it's it, 2023 was such a heavy hitting year for video games. Yeah. 
we got another Zelda. We got Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Armored, I mean, Armored Course came out of retirement Core from software. There's a lot of sequels this year. Yeah, um, yeah, but a lot of sequels to games like yeah, Armored Core was Armored another Habit. defunct series that hadn't had a release in forever. Uh-huh. Gate 3. Baller's Gate 3. Having started it, though, it is exceptionally good. It has a level of freedom I didn't expect. But that alternatively, yeah, and that's one of the things that made it daunting. It was a lot easier for me initially to go back to something like the Cult of the Lamb expansion that had just released or something that I knew and was more comfortable before getting into something I didn't necessarily know and I knew that I'd have to learn. Well, I didn't, it's, it's funny. Cause like I, we both essentially have the same sort of experience with role-playing and, and Dungeons and Dragons type things, but you were talking to me about it. And I was like, well, I was, I was looking forward to playing it with you and, you know, studying and, and we'll see if that actually ever ends up happening, but to, to sort of like help you out with some of the D and D stuff. Um, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, what? What can I help you out with? But as mm-hmm. we got into it, it was, I don't think you needed help with the D&D stuff. I think you are far ahead in your nerd cred, sire. I am I am but a, a lowly peasant nerd. So when I say or- it has a lot of openness, it's mostly in terms of how you're able to do things outside the box. I think so I am it, able to, yeah, think. It is somewhat of a turn-based RPG. And in terms of the combat, it is very open in what you can do. So for example, a popular tactic amongst people is to say, carry around three extra crates at all times for barrels. The reason for this is in D and D and in this game, you get a bonus for having the high ground advantage over your opponents. This can be done by climbing as few as three barrels or boxes which is very stupid but also very much dungeons and dragons it no is, it was really it was really very fun. interesting because the first sort of like little bandit camp that you get into there were a couple of there were a couple of very much dungeons and dragons things that you could do so you fought some bandits there were some accidents Accidents did happen. You I done got right the first time I came done, across them. Did, I don't you think you were there for that one, though. No, I had gone to the bathroom briefly, and when yeah. I came back, everybody was dead. But there were little little things, like there's spoilers, but it's literally like an hour in. It's like three hours for us because we're idiots. But you end up you end up in this crypt, and there's skeletons. There's just dead skeletons lying around. Bad times. So your hackles are up, right? And then if you... If you imagine yourself, you're sitting around a room playing Dungeons and Dragons, the, one of the things you would ask is, well, the dungeon master might say something like, you enter a crypt, there's uh, a number of skeletons and ceremonial robes around you. Yes. What do you want to do? And you might say something like... Push the button on the wall. Not even. You might say something like, can I investigate to see if they have any weapons? And then the dungeon master might say, yes, on this skeleton, you find a ceremonial dagger or whatever. And you say... Okay, I I roll to see if I can steal, take the dagger from yeah, him. Yeah, in my defense, I did loot all of them and take all their weapons beforehand. So. And as it turns out, having done that meant that when they inevitably came back from the dead, they were weaker. Yeah, so I was able to 
because they didn't have one. weapons. That's not the bandit one as we were thinking about, but there was I, that I just thought that was kind of an interesting Combined thing. with my brilliant tactic of retreating into the nearest doorway and forcing them to come at me one or two at a time. Yeah, but you can do that in, in most. Also, I, I suggested that. Also, you can do that in, in a lot of RPG games. It's you can, you can also look at dead bodies and loot them in, in most video games. But it's, it's the other little stuff. Like, after that, there was a room with a whole bunch of traps in them. And you wouldn't see them unless you tried to, like, go look at them. And then once you notice one, you have to look around and see if you can notice others. Yeah, you had to be very close. And even then, you still had to win your perception rolls because, again... This is D&D. Dungeons and Dragons. But the part that I was most interested in was we watched somebody at Games Done Quick, which is a speed running event. They raise millions of dollars for charity every every year, twice a year, and interim events. We watched somebody play the entirety of this, well, play the main missions of this game in 20 minutes, start yes. to finish. And one of the ways that she did this was that she was able to kill a bunch of final bosses because one of her little party members could turn into a bear. How much does a bear weigh? Bear weighs quite a bit. She's also able to shove the bear off a cliff down well, onto the, the back of head. The bear would usually jump, but yes. Jump, shove, whatever. Bears, bears in the sky. Now it's on the ground. In between them is a is a flattened. I a should flattened note too to get to these places initially. She would just shove the character in their human form into a box then take the box and throw it it's and it's that kind of thinking, thinking inside the box or you throwing the box it's that kind of thinking that we as gamers are not used to we are not used to being like hey i wonder if it'll i wonder if i can just throw i don't know what the character's name i wonder if i can just throw abby at them in her bear form in this case from shadow heart they would i wonder if i can just throw shadow heart in her bear form because that's got to be like three thousand pounds and he's a, he's a big bad guy, but it's 3,000 pounds and it works. So stuff like that too, it feels daunting in a sense. To, yeah, it's, an, it's a different way of thinking and yeah. we're not used to thinking that way as gamers. And I think that's where I, I, of course, the greatest thinker of all time, widely regarded oh, by GameSpy, where I can come in a little bit helpful, handy, because my brain good, because I'm able to brain good and I'm good in brain situations where it might require something a little bit weird. Because I'm just a little bit weird. I'm Abby. Just slightly, yes. I'm Abby. So. This game is Abby approved. It is very good, though. And I look forward to revisiting it in maybe a little more serious manner. It's going to take me forever to get through, though, between because yeah, we're adults podcast, have jobs. Between starting a new job, between cats and all the other things I've yeah, decided to randomly take on in my old age. Not to mention that it was a little bit daunting. The game should probably hold your hand a little bit more. I remember you got to the point right before the unfortunate bandit camp accidents that just totally wiped you and your party and, and you sat there and you cried a little bit and you... He cried and cried and cried and cried. And I said, what happened? What happened? And he just said, I don't know. I don't know. Over and over again. I remember before that, that they asked you to dismiss somebody from your party because you can only have four characters with you. You know, like four, four characters total. We had, and by we, I mean you, a full party. So you had 
your player character and then three other characters that you can bring with you and run around. You wanted a fifth character to come join you. And she says, oh, looks like you got a full party. Come talk to me when you've got some space. And then we spent, I think we had to look it up. Yes. And then we spent like a good solid five to 10 real world minutes trying to figure out how to get somebody to leave the party and like go way back at camp. And it turns out you just have to talk to them and be like, hey, go back to camp. But there's not there's not a lot of hand holding. Part of that too, though, is we're used to certain video game conventions. Convention. Yeah. I was terrified that it would take that into account and said party member you are dismissing would become angry or something like that, or they just wouldn't leave, or there'd be some sort of negative effect. They wouldn't go to the right camp. Who knows? There's been plenty of stuff like that in games over the years where there's unintended side effects of a choice like that. I thought this was another one. I'd argue too, some of the sort of basic controls and things you really need to know, such as holding down the left alt button will highlight everything on the ground for you. To be fair, we could have figured that out if we had gone into the options and I did. checked I the key bindings, to be fair. But to be fair to us, there's so many gosh darn buttons on that user interface, it's a little intimidating. So if, Shift, if everything else has a button, why Shift wouldn't there be a button? Shift spacebar brings you into turn-based mode. Yeah, so that's that's the ah, kind of stuff, stuff like that, that like we could we could probably have left behind in the year 2000. Like that is peak year 2000 game design to me anyway. It's it's that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I also think that's what made this fresh, especially for a lot of people who have who didn't play those so. games 23 years ago. Again, you're talking about a game that. Last I saw, I'm sure it's above that, but but Baldur's Gate 3 had sold roughly 7.5 million copies. Yeah, There's no chance all of those people are my age or above, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting choices. It's... And that's what the game's kind of all about, is yeah. the choices you can make in the game and in the combat, dialogue, everything. It's just really well designed. And like I said, it's not out to nickel and dime you. It's depressing how refreshing it is to play a game that mm. is not. That is just a complete at $80. Yeah, experience out of the box. Doesn't require a, a, I'm coming around on subscriptions. It's, it's frankly better than the free to pay, free to play. Than the, some stuff. of the models. Yeah. yeah we've. Yeah. Talked about um, in passing. But it is refreshing that like, yeah. so you could buy a collector's edition of this game. It comes with like a loot. Like a, it comes with really nothing that affects the gameplay at all. So it's, do you want to spend an extra $10 for like maybe this cool little hat? Fine. But otherwise it is a complete game. To be fair, I think $80. playing the loot while you play the game would be an immersive experience. So maybe well, that does not affect a, the game. It's not a real loot. Oh. So, for example, you will notice that you wow. have the collector's edition. Wow. You do not have a loot. Wow. Zero out of ten. All right. How could GameSpy love this game that didn't give me a physical loot? I feel like you're going to have to take that up with Kickstarter. I'm Sorry. going to message GameSpy. Did you back this on, on Kickstarter? No. Yeah. I'm going to text or email 
GameSpy right now. Text Todd Howard. It just works. It is 16 text, times the loot. Text Todd H- H- Howard. Ask him why Starfield was not as good as everybody thought. And then oh, yeah, that's put real the nice. phone down and then play Baldur's Gate 3, please, because I, I cannot and I, I need you to do it so that I can watch because I have responsibilities and yes. stuff like that. But for a little while, an hour at a time, I like to pretend that I'm relaxing. So in the future, that was, I do that plan was more to do a four. That I intended. Anyway. I'm just very tired. And I think we're all very tired. And I think that this was the game that we needed right in now. In the future, I do plan to do a more thorough review of Baldur's Gate 3. I just thought a lot of this stuff was really interesting. It's just literally think, going to take a couple of months to get through. Yeah, exactly. So... I didn't want anyone to think I wasn't cool and hadn't played it. No. I didn't want Anyway. Usually it's it's me going on the at the end of the podcast because he won't tell me that the you wouldn't tell me what the movie was that was gonna be on my next fine you pick because Well, I said that was a bad idea that I didn't say that. I'm trying I'm giving you I'm giving you a good segue. I said repeatedly that I should tell the people what the you. movie or show is going to be but you always argued against it and it was really odd to me yes but and i think the the record will will show then that we got some feedback which i listened to i the greatest podcaster of all time the um, feedback on this show and on the upcoming monday show which will be fine you pick where we will have watched alien alien Aliens. no s Aliens. no numbers either Aliens. No Prometheod or versus anything. Alien. So, plural. So. Dollar sign. If you want to leave any feedback, you can find UpNerd on Twitter at UpNerd Podcasts. You can find UpNerd on Facebook as UpNerd. You can email us, UpNerdPodcasts, this oh, time God. with an S. Here we go. At <laughs> gmail. We got to get those pop filters. Nerd Podcasts. The, the people love my snake. The sibilant S's. I'm actually a druid, and I'm going to Speak bite a young child as a snake. Well, that's a Baldur's Gate three reference. Anyway, so really? yes, druid, yes, but the snake, yes. All right, so looks, you're gonna have to go back and replay it because I missed that part. So no, your fault. Also, you died a lot. So actually, I only died the one time. And you so yeah, next, 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 next episode is Alien. And uh, if, you wanna, no if you want to, if you want to see why uh, he's making me watch Alien, widely regarded to be one of the the greatest films of all time, by GameSpot, is because I made him watch the actual greatest movie of all time, which was James Bond's Die Another Day. You can check that out. It's up now. It's pretty good. We had to cut out uh, like a good solid thirty seconds of our cat pooping in between. <laughs> and, uh, it's, I got myself with that one. I didn't think I was going to. I got myself with that one. But uh, we're all having a good time here. If you want to have Abby's highbrow. If you want to have stream. a good time, Abby's, Abby's highbrow emergency podcast system is active if ever you have a work thing. But if you want to keep the good times rolling, uh, highly recommend you check out Die Another Day. There's also a podcast about The Punisher. Yeah, I had Ryan join me on that, which, man, it took off. It is our most listened to podcast thus far. Got a Punisher. It's on The Punisher, King of Killers, 
trade paperback. And I'm going to I'm going to point out there that that we're we're not the we're not those Punisher people, right? You know you know the ones I'm talking about. There's wow. no lock screens here. There's wow. Way to limit our die audience. another day. James Bond's die another day is an is a 2003 era film. We're podcast M. To be fair, you couldn't remember the Siri years and, during and the podcast. show either. So I'm Basil not surprised. Podcast. Alexa, yeah. what ending the podcast on my everybody podcast, out there? Have a good day. Please rate review the podcast. Maybe not this episode. Please rate review a normal podcast we have. Clippy, I need help. Please send this to friends, well wishers, druids, elves, Githyaki. If you have a couple of liches in your life that you need to reach out to, this is a great way to do it. I don't know that Uh, there's liches so far, and I guess we'll see. You know what they say liches need stitches. I'm leaving now. It's Dungeons and Dragons. Of course, there's going to be a lich. I love you. Good night, everyone. Bye.